Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Creators of Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you bets. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper ken barkley if i have an opinion i'm just gonna go put money on that thing happening and your host nick costos every single play of every single game impacts you in some way shape or form it's you better you bet presented by BetMGM. it is live from terrific. the heart of the action at the mandalay bay sportsbook in las I'll, vegas I'll wear that it's one. you better you bet on the betql network to be fair, like, the direction was given. Yeah. I, I blew that one. I, I was going to say, like, did you see that note in the chat? No, I, I, don't like, yeah. I saw it, and I recognized it. And then in the you moment, said I was you didn't like, see it. No, yeah. better answer. I didn't yeah. see it. Didn't see uh, it. That one's my bad, everybody. That's not the cruise fault. That Should. one was on me. Yeah. Uh, it is a terrific football Tuesday. It is You Better You Bet. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. And it is the BetMGM Sportsbook at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, the site of Super Bowl 58. We're simulcast for the next two hours uh, by our friends at Stadium, and we're very happy for that. And two hours of badass wagertainment coming your way. We hope to be joined by former NFL head coach Jay Gruden coming up in a couple moments, uh, doing great work right now for our friends over at the 33rd team. Our stadium teammate Brad Evans will join us as we move along. A couple more guests will join us on site. Just depends on when they uh, mosey on over here. But we should have a lot going on on the show. Barely have hit the game today. Yeah. We have the prop sheet. We will do a lot of Super Bowl 58. Is Usher, yeah, playing in your headset right now? I hear it. Yes. Yeah, it's coming from somewhere. Uh, when I hear that song, yeah, that I, think, was, I think we both think of the same thing, which is funny. It was uh, my spring weekend, my yes. sophomore year of college. Yeah. And our uh, our tech guy, Scott Vera, is wearing a Chappelle hoodie. Okay. And this just reminded me of the same thing. Like if you were on spring break in 05, yeah, 05. No, this is 03. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm getting my two spring break trips messed up. So if you were on spring break, like during this period of time, Chappelle show was insanely popular. Yep. Charlie Murphy, true Hollywood stories was like a big deal. Yep. Like little John, like whatever that segment was called, like what? Real, real stories of little, whatever it was. Um, this was all insanely popular. And that song had just come out and it was like, you couldn't walk anywhere without some other 18 year old being like, yeah. And you would like respond to them as if you were all speaking like the same language. If I got like hit by a guy, I hope this doesn't happen. If I got, like, went into a coma for like 15 yeah. years, you say hit by a bus. Is that what you're about to say? Well, if yeah. I like were in a coma and then yeah. I woke up and it was like, I'm groggy and I'm like right. in the cobwebs out. And can, someone said to me, can you hear me? Or someone said to me like, what, what's like the, the first ludicrous first line to be like, watch out. My outfit's ridiculous. <laughs> He rhymed ridiculous with conspicuous. That's pretty good. <laughs> These women all on the brow. Yeah. And then I'm like, can I say the next line yeah. or am I going to get fired? Anyway. Yeah. Oh, this is great. Uh, joining us right now on the line to kick off the fun and frivolity are uh, a couple hours here on Stadium. And it is an honor and pleasure to welcome to the show 
former NFL head coach, and he's doing amazing work right now with our friends over at the 33rd team and like a lot of my old coworkers from right. NFL radio, former NFL players, former NFL coaches, general managers. Uh, my old editor at Bleacher Report is one of the senior editors there, Ian Kenyon. Like the 33rd team is pumping out great content, and one of the people doing that great content is former NFL head coach, Jay Gruden, who is on Twitter at coach underscore Jay Gruden. Coach, what's going on? We really appreciate the time. Happy Super Bowl week. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley on You Better You Bet. How's it going? Nick, Ken, I'm doing good. Nick, Ken, I'm, you forgot about the ludicrous song, In the Sun or in the Shade, on the top of my Escalade. Oh. oh. What is, uh, Coach, what is your favorite ludicrous song? That one. Whatever that one was, I can't remember the name of that one. <laughs> Don't even that dare is, put me on the spot. Is that, that is, one? The, that the is, answer is that one. That is yeah. that is the absolute best answer we uh we could have gotten. Coach, uh we'll do we'll do the game in a second, but just curious your thought here. And if like you don't have like a super strong thought on it, totally okay. But I feel like I kind of have to ask because you used to coach in Washington and understand a bit of a like, different power structure there now, obviously, with the owner gone. But the commander's in the news right now, hiring Cliff Kingsbury as the new offensive coordinator, with the thought being that they'd like to potentially you know, position themselves to draft USC quarterback Caleb Williams. And maybe Caleb wants to play in D.C. where he's from. Maybe Washington trades up to number one with the Chicago Bears. We don't know what the Bears want to do with Justin Fields. Kind of like, and I'm not asking for inside information. If you have it, we'd love to hear it. But kind of like, what's your read on what's happening right now as it concerns Washington and the number one overall pick in the draft? First off, they have a new owner, which is good. And then they got a new coach, which is good. Dan Quinn is a well-respected coach, good defensive-minded coach. And they need help on defense, a lot of help on defense. They were had pretty good personnel early in the season. They struggled mightily. So a good defensive-minded head coach is not the end of the world. Uh, but if you hire a defensive-minded head coach, you better find an offensive guy. And Cliff Kingsbury has got a good track record, be a track record of being a pretty good offensive head coach or offensive coach, uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, and all that so you know and then if uh, it's an added bonus if they can get Caleb Williams with a number two pick I don't think it's going to happen I don't see Chicago passing over Caleb Williams but you know if Washington throws a heck of a lot of draft picks in the future and, and uh, a couple more picks maybe they do trade up and get them because there are two other really good quarterbacks maybe three really other good quarterbacks in the draft and Drake May and, and obviously the Heisman Trophy winner and, and uh, JJ from Michigan so who knows what will happen but uh, they're in great position with that number two pick to really change the franchise's direction because they have not had a quarterback really since Kirk Cousins. And then Alex Smith obviously got hurt. And it's been a while for them since they had a trigger man that can lead the show. Yeah, and Jay, obviously new head coach there, Dan Quinn, part of like a, a really, really busy hiring cycle for NFL head coaches. You know, like Harbaugh goes to the Chargers. There were some notable names, Raheem Morris to the Falcons. We've had a lot of things happen recently. Ben Johnson staying with the Lions. Also Belichick and Vrabel not involved in the hiring cycle. I'm curious, is there something specific about this hiring cycle, a coach that got a job or a coach who didn't get a job that you're really surprised by? Well, obviously, Bill Belichick not getting a job is very surprising. He is the winningest coach of all time, second behind uh, Don Shula. So that that's a surprise. And then obviously Mike Grable, he did have some great years at Tennessee. And he's a good defensive-minded head coach, a well-respected leader. And these guys are established head coaches that uh, can really – lead a franchise and these guys are choosing to take younger guys that have had no experience brian callahan who's just called plays with joe burrow at quarterback you know they don't have any idea how to lead a football team so when you have guys with the type of experience needed to be a head coach it's very surprising that they're passed by but the success that uh sean mcveigh had and obviously mcdaniel and obviously lafleur these are younger coaches uh, that are paving the way for other young coaches to get opportunities is there a higher Jay that you liked more than the others in this cycle? Uh, you know, 
to me, it's always about the players, not the, not the plays, and the coaches are only as good as their players a lot of times. But, you know, I'm happy for Raheem Morris. I worked with them. He had an opportunity in Tampa Bay. Didn't go too well. He's an interim coach at Atlanta, but I think he'll do a good job at Atlanta. He's a player's coach, very similar to Mike Tomlin, can communicate very well. Um, obviously, I think Dan Quinn is a good hire for Washington. Um, you know, Brian Callahan, I'm a little unsure about. I know his dad is a good coach, well-respected coach, but how much do he really have as far as input in Cincinnati offense? Because they have an offensive head coach there that called all the plays, I believe, is Zach Taylor. So, you know, all these coaches are solid coaches. Uh, you know, I just wonder why some of these teams don't go with a little bit more experience. No, I think it makes a lot of sense. And, Jay, I know Nick asked you about the commanders and what's happening with the number one overall pick and woven into that. And he mentioned in the question, Justin Fields and the Bears and what's going to happen there. I'm curious, like you, you have way, 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 way more experience than we do. You know more about this than we do. You know, you watch Justin Fields differently than we watch Justin Fields. If you were in the room or they came to you, the Bears, who are in an interesting situation right now, and they said, like, what what do you think we should do? Like, should we try to salvage Justin Fields? Do we pay him the money? Do we get somebody else? Like, what would your advice to them be? My advice would be to take a very long look at the quarterbacks in the draft, period. And if you feel like one of these quarterbacks are better than Justin Fields, then you got to roll with them because you're always trying to upgrade that position. That position is the most critical position in all the sports. And if you have a chance to get better, especially with a rookie on his rookie contract, that'll give you a few years where you can get, get after some free agents and really help your football team as a whole. If you feel like those quarterbacks aren't quite ready or, or not a significant upgrade than Justin Fields, then maybe drafting a Marvin Harrison or a key player to help them or trade down and get more draft capital, that's not a bad way to go. But it all depends on the evaluation process and how it goes with the young quarterbacks coming out in this draft. And I really feel pretty strongly that one of those three guys, Jaden Daniels uh, or uh, Caleb Williams uh, or Drake May, would be probably a little bit of an upgrade than Justin Fields. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken live from the BetMGM Sportsbook in Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, talking the National Football League right now with former NFL head coach Jay Gruden doing a great job for our friends over at the 33rd team. Follow him on Twitter at Coach underscore Jay Gruden. Uh, coach, we'll, we'll get to the game, you know, the Super Bowl uh, coming up in a minute here. Um, on our graphic here, I know you host a show called Taking the Points. Just curious, uh, what did you think of Dan Campbell's decision-making in the second half of the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers, going for those fourth downs and being hyper-aggressive in that second half? Well, you know, they got in that position because he was like that all year. Sometimes it really worked, sometimes it didn't, but their team had a very strong belief that the decisions that he made, they would, you know, they would do it and they would go for it and they would make it work for him. If they didn't make it work, the defense would get the ball back for him, but in those situations, it's easy to say right now, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, but I think the first one, it was a definite kick to go up 17 and make Brock Purdy one-dimensional and make him throw it to come back, to give him an opportunity to get a quick score, go down by seven, and obviously they fumbled. And then it was a tie game, and then all hell broke loose. And then the, the other decision to possibly tie the game, I thought he probably should have tied the game because worst-case scenario, if you don't get it, San Fran goes down and scores, you're down 10. That's two possessions in this very difficult to come back against San Francisco's defense that way. So, you know, I would have kicked both of them, but uh, Dan had a great amount of success going for it when a lot of people thought he should kick it. And Jay, obviously San Francisco wins that game, that tremendous comeback, and they they go on to the Super Bowl. They're going to play the Chiefs coming up on Sunday. The point spread of the game, Jay, you know, obviously, like, we don't have to have a betting conversation. Like, are you betting the game? But, you know, especially if you don't follow the betting market for the Super Bowl, I think, like, casual fans are often surprised by how the teams are rated, like that this team's better than this team. Obviously, this game is on a neutral field being played here in Vegas. The Niners, all week, and this hasn't changed, the Niners are favored in the game, so Patrick Mahomes is an underdog in a Super Bowl. I'm curious if that surprises you. And also just some of your early thoughts, what you expect here on Sunday with the Niners and Chiefs? 
Yeah, it's very surprising that Patrick's an underdog. There's a couple things that are surprising. I think in the middle of the season, San Francisco is by far the best football team in the National Football League. However, towards the end, they've started to flutter a little bit, and Kansas City is starting to get better and better and better. So that's why I'm kind of concerned. I'm really, I don't understand the line why Kansas City is underdog. Uh, they went at Buffalo. They went last week at Baltimore. Those are two very good football teams. And Washington and San Francisco struggled a little bit in their two wins. So um, Green Bay really had a great opportunity to beat them. And obviously last week, Buffalo, Detroit had a great chance to beat them. I just think right now Kansas City is ascending, and I think they're the team to beat, especially with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and, and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I uh, think a lot of people agree with that, including me. I, yeah. I, I like it. I like Kansas City in the game. Uh, coaches, you conceptualize how the game's going to play out. And I think, you know, for me at least, I, I think San Francisco can kind of have a lot of success, but I think Mahomes is kind of going to win the game at the end, and maybe we'll see a flurry of points in that final quarter. The total in the game is 47.5, and, and again, this doesn't have to be like, what's your bet on the total of the game? But just like, do you think this is going to be more of a lower-scoring game? Do you think the game's going to get loose? Like, how do you conceptualize the game playing out from a scoring perspective with KC and San Francisco? Well, I think both teams are going to have to run the ball, which means the clock is going to run. McCaffrey has got to have a big day. They don't want to rely on Brock Purdy to throw the ball 45 times. If they do, it's going to be a loss. And same thing with Patrick, really. You know, everybody thinks, you know, Patrick is a great player and all that stuff, but they need Pacheco to roll. And that's when they're at their best. And then the play action is off of it. Same thing with Brock Purdy. You know, if he gets McCaffrey going, Kyle Shanahan has the best play action game in the business. But if they don't get going and they're, both teams are one-dimensional, they're not going to have much success. Uh, the difference is Patrick is obviously better off schedule. That's where he makes all his plays. That's where he does all his damage because the receivers aren't that great other than Kelsey. Uh, Rice is playing a lot better, but uh, Patrick does a lot of his damage when the play breaks down. But I still think both teams are going to try to establish some kind of a running game. It's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game than I think people think. Kansas City's defense, Steve Spagnuolo, has been outstanding all year, number two in the league. They did pretty good against Buffalo. They did an awesome job against Baltimore stopping their running game, forcing Lamar to be one-dimensional. And if they can do that against San Francisco, I think obviously it'll be a lower-scoring game and Kansas City will get it done. Jay, only have about 30 seconds left for this answer. We're just up against it a little bit. And thank you very much for the time, by the way. Just want to ask you about Brock Purdy real quick. Obviously, you have like an offensive coordinator background, a head coach background. Like you, you know way more about offense than both of us. And you've probably had a chance to watch a lot of Brock Purdy's games, especially this year where you said Niners were, were especially in the middle of the year, were the best team in the league. He's been obviously a really polarizing figure. How much of it is him? How much of it is Shanahan? Is he really that good after the two first halves of the playoff games? What do you make of Brock Purdy and what do you expect from him specifically on Sunday? Again, in about 30 seconds, please. I think he's great. Obviously, last week was a great indication of how he plays, the way he came back, the way he ran for first downs, he used his legs. He's an excellent player. He's had a couple of great years. And I know this, a lot of people say there's 10 or more players on their team that's better than Brock Purdy. I promise you this, if Kyle Shanahan had a choice of one player to guarantee to play the whole game in the Super Bowl, it'd be Brock Purdy. And they need him to play, and they need him to play well. And he's a great quarterback, and all the haters can hate all they want to, but he's in the Super Bowl, and he's had a hell of a year. Are you suggesting, Coach, that all the people betting Sam Darnold for Super Bowl MVP are wasting their money? Yeah, I, I, I promise you that won't happen. Yeah, uh, what, what do you mean? Coach, right? Coach, 10 seconds here. We talked about Usher and Ludacris. What is your all-time favorite Super Bowl halftime show in 10 seconds? Oh, heck, I don't remember any of them. I never watch a Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show. Probably, uh, I don't even know. I can't even remember any. Pink? Yeah. <laughs> coach, coach, you can be honest here, and we'll we'll promote the hell out of the thirty through ten, everything you got going on. We like loved this. We're sitting next to each other during the show, and we're just like, I I I love Jay Gruden. Uh do you think we could do this again at some point? Doesn't have to be like tomorrow, but at some point down the line, can we have you on again? Doing these shows, talking ball, anytime you guys want.
Okay, great. Talk to you tomorrow. No, no. <laughs> well, I pink here. Special right. guest. Coach, Coach, thank you very much. On Twitter at Coach underscore Jay Gruden. 33rd team, the Taking the Points podcast. Really appreciate the time. Enjoy the game. Stay well. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, guys. I gotta tell you, man. Man, that was awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. really great. I don't watch the halftime show. To be honest, I didn't watch a lot of them for a while. And like, too. here's yeah. the fun. Like, maybe I'll tell the story on the other side. But Dave Sharapin's going to join us also. I I like hung out with John, his brother John, a little yeah. bit when I worked at NFL Radio. Just like an absolute pisser. Like very funny. Like like yeah. Jay is. Uh, all right, coming up next, our pal Dave Sharapin stops by. You better, you bet. Live from the Bet MGM Sportsbook at Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas. You're tuned in to You Better, You Bet on the Bet QL Network.